Okay, we are here on Spotify Green Room. We have Ulysses. Ulysses, how's it going? Hey, Kevo. Good, good. Uh, woke up to a happy Tampa Bay. How about you? Uh, doing well. Yeah, I think we can. That is uh, very well put, considering what the Tampa Bay Lightning did and what the Tampa Bay Rays did last night as well. In fact, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd love to see what the TV ratings and radio ratings are for the Rays game, because if I had to guess, even with Shohei Otani in town, it was probably much lower than normal, considering what was going on across town with the Tampa Bay Lightning. 100%. And uh, I don't know if you uh, caught that video uh, by Glass now, but uh, he uh, he took a snapshot of the guys in the clubhouse uh, after the game watching uh, Game 7, and KK went nuts. So, uh, yeah, even themselves, even the Rays were pretty excited about the Lightning. How about that? Yeah, I know Kevin Kiermeyer, uh, big, big fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we have... Uh, Carlos Herrera and maybe Melissa Herrera on the line as well. Carlos, how's it going? Hey, guys. Good morning. Yeah, Melissa's here with me. And uh, we were actually just talking about that video that Glass now put up on Instagram or whatever <laughs> this morning. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was funny how KK was like losing his mind and everyone else in the room was like pretty pretty composed. And we, yes. were, pretty, we were excited last night after the game. So yeah, it was no, funny. It was it was great. How, how you guys doing? Um, yeah, it was uh, kind of funny to see. Uh, I, I've always really liked that. I don't know if that happens across sports. Um, obviously, Tampa Bay is the one I follow, so I don't really know about other regions. But I feel like the camaraderie between the pro sports in Tampa Bay is pretty pretty cool. Um, to, to have KK, I think he was the hype man uh, on game, in Game Five where they scored eight goals. So that that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I think there is some sort of love between the Bucks, Rays, and and Lightning. It would be great if it would transfer over to to the attendance and and, and yeah. fans that would be fantastic but i think between them between the players i think they 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 do cheer themselves and, and that's pretty cool yeah well I, I don't know if you guys remember i grew up in colorado and mm-hmm. um the uh there would be um and it's you know when you guys were small children uh, <laughs> back in the day when the nuggets were would make a playoff run or the abs were making a run there would be you know uh like elway would be in the audience of a nuggets game or or there would be some of the late like terrell davis or some of the guys like that or jake um oh god i can't jake uh jake cutler and then uh the other jake the snake i can't remember his his last name the uh, other quarterback um, the Broncos, they would be at the various games and stuff like that. And I've seen this year too a little bit of uh, the Rockies cheering on uh, the Abs as they were making their run, and then the Nuggets also. So I think it does happen in other cities. It's just it is always cool when you see it, though. I think it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I think it's the fact that these teams have had so much success that there's some built-in momentum. Like, yeah, why am I not going to support the Lightning in their run for a second straight Stanley Cup? Why am I not going to support Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, it's it's and, and the Rays in the World Series. Like, it, it'd be one thing if, you know, one or the other teams were bad. But everybody is good right now. It's, it's Tampa Bay. So why not kind of lean into all that? You just wish that the uh, – you just wish that – Tampa Bay Rays were more uh, 
located towards downtown Tampa and they could maybe uh, yeah. fish more into what the Lightning and Tampa Bay Buccaneers were doing. But uh, Carlos, I do want to get your take on this. Did you, how were you, because there was a Rays game going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you flipping back and forth? Did you have an iPad and a, and a TV set up? Were you checking scores on one and the other? I mean, was it, you know, your, your eyes getting tired going back and forth? <laughs> I imagine that's how, you know, some, some diehard Tampa Bay uh, fans were doing. Yeah. Yeah, we will either do uh, flip back and forth because, like everyone else, every other Rays fan right now, we're you know pretty focused on what Wander's doing, and and then of course the overall, just how the team's doing. But yeah, we we do the flip back and forth, and then we'll do pitcher and pitcher, um, just to make sure. And then last night's um, Lightning game was you know close. The one the one zero win, we were pretty fixated on that thing especially because it was a game seven as well so (laughs) Uh, i I had a comment from joseph he can't speak right now he he says as much as i'd love to join you guys i'm working my way through the whiskey bars of edinburgh (laughs) wow he he might be having a better time than we are (laughs) thanks to joseph for for checking in i i wish i was him right now yeah no um, but uh okay guys i know chase is on the line as well carlos uh melissa just uh take on on wander franco and in, in his debut and his first week in the big leagues you want to go ahead? go ahead oh sure i i mean i thought it was pretty exciting um i we were listening to the pod earlier this week uh obviously and I do agree with you, Kevin. <laughs> the standing ovation was a little weird. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean. Here's I, where I'd be more understandable of it. He was, if he was the youngest player in baseball history to make his MLB debut, then I think that would be. He's the first or, guy that was born in 2001. I don't care. He's not even the youngest raised player to make his debut. That's, that's picking me up. Like, at least give me that. At least give me something that's. That's special. That's like super. super we gotta we gotta put a poll. We gotta put a poll on this. We gotta yeah. put a poll I mean, on on the on on the Twitter machine, and then and then let's make race fans uh, figure out. But okay, Melissa, sorry to cut you off. You were saying. Uh, no, I mean I saw it happening, and I was like, but why? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I'm super pumped for him, but I did think it was weird, so I was laughing pretty hard. When Carlos and I were listening at lunchtime, and Kevin said the same thing, and then, um, and then I also found it very interesting how many people made it across that godforsaken bridge to go to a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like I-, I told Carlos, I was like, the energy is insane. I was like, all these people complain about traffic, but you made it out there on a Tuesday for this. You can make it out there on a Tuesday for like other games. Right. I'm I'm with you, Ulysses. I was okay with the standing ovation. I thought it was cool. Uh, okay, there we go. Just like we had a divided podcast, you got a divided household yeah. on, on this subject. Okay, I like that. Look, yeah. look, I, I agree with you, Melissa. It, look, Great. if you it, 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 during COVID, during a, a, a time where you know there's so much incognito things happening, and you don't know what tomorrow will bring, uh, people went on a Tuesday. 13,000 people. I mean, if, if the Rays were able to do every weekday, every workday, at least Monday through Thursday, 13,000, then you should be able to see then the weekends over 20,000, and then nobody would ever, ever, 
ever talk about the race attendance problems. Ever. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, it is an issue. They were there, you know, to see him. And that was, and it was super exciting. I mean, that he had the, I mean, that was great, you know, for him too, that he had like some, there were so many people there, like, you know, for his first game, obviously. But, um, but I was like, oh, look at how many people showed up in the middle of a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool. And then, I mean, when he got his first hit, like, that was like, I mean, what a way to, like, make your debut. So yeah. I thought he had a really good week so far. So. And Carlos, you want to add to that at all? Um, I I thought I I was happy that he got that three run homer. I kind of for some reason I go I I was like oh he's gonna get a home run the first at bat <laughs> like first swing out of the thing. But um, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a neat moment to see that. And obviously, I think you know there's gonna be some growing pains. And I and I liked how you mentioned that on the podcast. So like you know so people don't like don't freak out when he goes 0-4, which I think he's went 0-4 last night and then 0-3 the night before or whatever. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's that thing. But yeah, I, I think, I think it's good. I mean, it's, it's, you know, pu- pumped in a little energy to the team and all that stuff. And so I, anything to help, I think is cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. Those, the people down there near where you guys live, they need to drive across the bridge. I know we'd be there every freaking night if we could. So. <laughs> I think so, man. I think yeah. so. Uh, Chase, uh, I think we, uh, we, we got you online. All park on the river downtown. I, I, I missed that. I don't know if you heard that Ulysses. No. River downtown. Oh, if you were working downtown, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. If I worked on in downtown, man, I mean, that would be pretty cool. You would what? You would only have the Howard Franklin to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the way to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like with Wander, is we do have to make sure we temper our expectations. Although I will say, uh, he did have the three strikeouts on Thursday. Uh, Friday, he didn't strike out. He was just making hard contact, and it was finding gloves for the most uh, part outside of, uh, I guess, the, the guy who was playing left field that he dropped the ball in yeah. one of those plays. I mean, I, I think we learned that, man, yeah, it's it's great that the Angels have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, but that defense, and when you bring that defense into the trop and you have guys dropping line drive fly balls and letting balls. I mean, what I've really noticed, Ulysses, is uh, really getting opposing teams is the, the the bounce of the ball in the outfield of the trop. We've seen it multiple times where it bounced over an outfielder's head and, you know, may, may go straight to the wall or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think the bounce uh, on the turf kind of catches them by surprise and again that's home field advantage the catwalks are home field advantage and 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 the fact that the backdrop when there's a fly ball it's very similar the the texture of the ceiling to the texture of the ball so it can get lost i mean these are all home field advantage things look if yankee stadium is going to have a short porch and if red if the red sox refuse to move from a sandlot then, you know, you can also have <laughs> your own home field advantages, you know? And, uh, yeah, it always catches them by surprise. It's so funny. Every time – you, you don't really see this with ALEs teams because, obviously, they're more um, familiar with, with the trap. But if they're not from the ALEs, you're going to see a couple blunders every 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 series, no matter who it is. And, and it's – I mean, when it's the Angels and you already know that their defense is pretty subpar – 
yeah, uh, you're going to see some sloppy stuff. And I, I want to point out something. Joe Madden yesterday, he was, I think, arguing, uh, at least that's what um, uh, Doug Wechter and, and Dwayne were talking about, that he was arguing for an infield fly. I think it was Jarrett Ward who, who let it drop um, behind uh, the shortstop position. And he he did this. He This is so Joe Madden. He went out there and, like, argued and argued and argued and argued. And then he went back. And then 20 seconds later, he comes back out to change the pitcher. He was just burning time. He was just burning time to get his uh, bullpen in order. How Madden, how Madden of a move was that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it's a smart move. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't blame him at all for doing that. I mean, no, no. Kind of been the smart manager. Find a way. That's why Joe Madden is, is one of the greats up there, finding a way to get that little extra edge and advantage. That's gamesmanship. So I totally yeah. don't blame him at all for for doing that there uh also you mentioned doug wechter what where was ba i missed ba last night i need look i i like doug wechter as much as the next guy a little bit a little bit stale a little bit bland i mean i get it it's probably you know his first handful of times but you you don't have quite the chemistry that you have with ba so i don't know if he was sick if he was traveling if he had a scheduled off day or what the deal was i yeah i think it was a scheduled uh weekend off so we won't get any BA this weekend against the Angels, and uh, that's why we should go to the games. That's why we should go to the games. So if we're going to miss on BA, then I might as well go to the game and see Otani in person because, man, he is something. But, yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, the chemistry that BA and Dwayne have is so great that, you know, I like like you. I like Doug Wechter, and, 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 I, and I appreciate his comments. But, I mean, it's not the same with BA. It's not. No, it he he like some of the some of his color commentary is hilarious when he <laughs> yeah. when he brings in just certain analogies that he makes or or when he or you can tell when he gets fired up he's got to kind of he's got to rein himself in a little, a little yes bit to not say something you know that's going to get him in trouble but yeah they do have good chemistry and I, I think I remember you guys talking a, a, a while back about like how they ranked all the like the local announcers or whatever you want to call it and and they were they were like what number two i think or something like that so but i've heard a lot of like especially sometimes if you watch some of the mlb network games and you get where they do the broadcast and it's like the local like some of them are are just like like the, the yankee one i cannot stand I I hate Michael K. So <laughs> I cannot like I don't mind like because you know you like to watch a Red Sox Yankee game here and there because of the rivalry and all that kind of stuff or you know Rays or whatever yeah you know obviously I'm watching the local but sometimes when you're watching that and the local guys are on uh, they're just horrible and I cannot stand that local Yankee one from what is it from MSN or whatever their network yes network oh it's the worst. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I'll say this, like Doug Wechter seemed a little bit stiff and Brian Anderson, yes, he does have to at times reel himself in because he can get a little bit overboard, but that's part of the fun is, in fact, I'll notice sometimes where I don't know if he like realized that he has the microphone completely off, but he'll be saying something whispering in the background. Yes. Like, yes. The engineer. Yeah. It's like, you should have saved that for the broadcast because that was gold. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but some of those little things kind of, uh, kind of feel off there. Yeah. It's, uh, and who knows, maybe this is an opportunity for, like you said, Ulysses for, uh, people to go to the games and, or, and, or I will say this is a little, uh, sneaky tip here to synchronize the TV broadcast with the radio call 
of Andy Freed and Dave Wills. That's another alternate option you have. Yes. I mean, if yeah. you're not going to get Dwayne and BA, you might as well also get Dave and Andy and get that. But yeah, no, the, the muting of the microphone, like, I always think, like, oh man, like, something's going to slip out there, but yeah, I love it. Every time, and, and, and then you hear, like, the little, like, giggling, the, stif- the stifled uh-huh. giggling. Oh my God, it's so good. And, and Dwayne doesn't say anything for the next 30 <laughs> <No>. seconds. <laughs> and then when he comes back, he just says, want to know the count yeah yeah i I always wonder if Dwayne's bothered by it like you're you're talking to the engineer or the assistant behind you and you're not paying a hundred percent attention to the game like it's just great stuff back and forth by the way that i did pull up the so it was um carlos and what you're referencing to it was the radio broadcasters where the rays i think were ranked number two the broadcasters the Rays were still still fared very well according to Fangraphs crowdsourcing. They were number eight, and one of the comments is BA Dwayne and Trisha Whitaker make for a fun trio. And I think that's uh, very uh, fair to say. I know that you know San Francisco has a really good one. The the White Sox have a really good one, but there's some bad ones too out there as well. Um, and, and also, again, I, I don't think we should leave out Trisha and what she provides. I mean, she's definitely, I, I think the the better, if not the best. Uh, sideline reporters that that the Rays have had. I mean, Ulysses, you've been watching Rays baseball for pretty much your entire life. I can't think of another that that really fares up to her level. As and, and maybe because it's been, she's actually been around for more than a season or two, it, it seemed like they were shuffling them out left and right like they were their players at times. Well, that's for, that that's definitely one of the factors, right? I mean, you have to uh, kind of grow. These people are in your living room. These people are in, in in your kitchen and, and and on your morning coffee or you know late at night in bed. Like I mean, it, it, there is a weird um, rapport that 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 kind of grows with 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 the these three uh, guys. So when when they just shuffle them out season and season and season, it, it it you don't get that right. You don't get that feeling of like oh they know me, they, I know them, and 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 there's a relationship there. Uh, yeah, Trisha, I think now has been with the team since 2019. So that's three seasons that you feel like, okay, like she knows the area. She, she lives here. She, she knows us, you know, she, she knows Tampa Bay and, and that's really cool. I honestly, besides her, I would only put Todd Callis. I, I, I still put yeah. Todd Callis at the top because, you know, he was just such a Tampa Bay mainstay for so long and, and he really liked Tampa Bay and he was ingrained. I mean, you, you and you and I obviously going to USF, uh, we would see him all the time at, at the Sundome because he actually called basketball games. So, uh, you know, every time that you called him Todd Meister or, uh, or whatever at the drop or at the USF Sundome, he would always, you know, have a chat with you. It was really cool. So I think Todd and, and Trisha definitely take the cake there. Yeah, I totally forgot about Todd Callis. In fact, I really liked when, uh, believe it or not, when he would be asked to fill in for color commentary. I actually really liked his color commentary as well. I thought he was really solid and professional like that. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, Chase, I didn't know if you had a comment on, on Wander Franco and, and what he's done so far this season. Um, again, there's going to be growing pains with him. I think that, you know, throughout baseball, we've gotten a little bit maybe spoiled with, it's been such an influx of young talent that has been great almost immediately between Fernando Tatis and Acuna Jr. and uh, Vlad Guerrero. I know 
Guerrero took, you know, a year, year and a half before he finally got settled in. And, and we just have to realize that it's, it, it might take some time for, for Wander to, uh, to, to really, really develop. And we have to remember he's just 20 years old and I don't think he's going to go on this necessarily crazy tear the rest of the season. I think he'll be really, really solid, but, uh, I, I'm really curious to see what he does in 22, 23, 24, 25 and beyond from there. And, um, Carlos, Chase, Melissa, I don't know if you kind of have uh, what your expectations are for him the rest of the season as far as a, a stat line or whatever it may be or what you're looking for. I mean, this guy did get – he was uh, – I look, he, he got a standing ovation before his first at-bat. So I think there's people out there that are expecting him to bat, you know, 380 and, and to have 20 bombs to do, you know, to, to have Shohei Otani numbers. And I just don't know if that's 100% realistic. I think I think honestly they just like just people need to be realistic. He's a rookie. He's still really young and I think you know just whatever he does this year just I would I would just say just it's a it's a growing period and it's a period of adjustment. I mean look at the other rookies that have recently come up that have like made a, an impact on their teams now, you know, Bichette uh vladdy jr who he keeps getting compared to a lot it sounds like in the media when i you know when they talk about him and um you know some of the other guys like that um akuna jr it takes a little bit you know they they've got to make their adjustments and all that and then and then it goes from there i mean i hope he gets into that echelon you know by you know mid next season it would be cool if he's like being talked about like that on a consistent basis and he's putting up the numbers but if it takes you know a season a season and a half and then he's you know a legit superstar i think you know we're lucky as rays fans because we have so much talent to watch all the time mixed with you know some good veterans and as much as we you know get annoyed with the ownership of the team it seems like the management is always on point the scouting the analytics everything they always do a great job you know if if we just had a different owner it would be fantastic because i don't want them to come to a certain point where they're like oh you know they're really happy with how everything's going and everything's great then it's like hey you know i don't know if we're gonna we you know let's not go and get another piece to try to push us through to the World Series or anything like that. But I would like to see them like kind of go in a little bit more if the if if it gets to that point where it's like, hey, this team is legit. I think they're legitimate World Series contenders right now. So I just I just don't want the the powers that be to not think that, you know, and be happy with like, you know, oh yeah, we got ninety four wins and made it to the second round of the playoffs, you know, type of thing. So yeah, Melissa. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I think, I think he's gonna. I don't. I hope he stays consistent because I think if he starts off real hot, which I mean, obviously, just his first hit was a hot hit. Um, <laughs> like if he starts and then all of a sudden kind of goes cold, you know, like I because of the standing ovation thing, the expectations are set. <laughs> and I feel like it's just, it's going to be like, that's, I do not envy this kid in the slightest. So it's just the pressure. I feel like, and I think the standing ovation made me anxious for him, <laughs> but um, I think, I hope he stays just like consistent, you know, just, uh, and I think, you know, hope, I, I hope he does, but I just worry if he starts off real hot and then hits like kind of a, you know, a slump or his back goes cold for a little bit. 
like you know, just it, it could be real People real stressful. <laughs> yeah. That mind. that's the thing is he's probably never experienced a slump. In fact, I don't know yeah. if he's ever gone and combined, you know, 0 for 7 over two games in the minor yeah. league throughout his career. Maybe in He had a three strikeout game. He never done that before. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, Imagine that's that. True. So yeah. It's all about making adjustments. And again, day in, day out, you're, it's not like uh, in minor league ball where, you know, you, you might find a good pitcher here or there. Like everybody is really good. Everybody for the most part has a nasty breaker and is throwing 95, 96 and, and being able to handle that and being able to manage and, and still be effective from both sides of the plate. I wonder if there's going to be a point where he might have to give up switch hitting. I, I know this is just totally totally early to, to talk about it but i know that was what cedric mullins did with the baltimore orioles and you see how he's thriving right now because it's hard to manage everything that comes not just the all the the outside factors and, and just the day-to-day life of being a big leaguer as well that that takes into account and, and can take a toll over time i mean it's not just the the Rays fan base that is after him and, and talking about him it is it is all of baseball i mean it is yeah. That the Rays are the center of attention because of Wander Franco, and in fact, I'm surprised that on his debut that they didn't have a Wander camp, Case. like in the corner of the television. <laughs> that like every time, like if he was in the dugout, if he was, uh, he yeah. was spitting sunflower <laughs> yeah. seeds, if he was at when he was at third base, if you know, twiddling his thumbs, if he was taking a bathroom break. I'm surprised they didn't have like a dedicated camera for him because it seemed like that at times with with the fact that you know in your first game you you got. You got a standing ovation and a curtain call. Like how – and the game-tying three-run home run. Like how, how do you top that? And, and now you're uh, – you know, I don't want to mention his batting average or anything like that, but you probably have – look, there's there's always those those fair-weather fans out there that uh-huh. – if, if he goes 0 for 3, 0 for 4 tonight, you know, do, do people just immediately uh, – I'm not going to come to watch Wander. Oh, I've already anymore. seen it. Yeah. Kevin, I've already seen the, the Wander is a bust tweet. And it's I I know oh maybe, you know when, when it comes from you know uh, you know these these Twitter accounts we've talked about it like you know with with the image of not themselves and all that and you, you know it's kind of like okay okay well who are you like yeah. are you just being a troll which because it's a troll type tweet but um, no I want to I want to kind of change the conversation a little bit and 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 you talk about pressure and I understand that but uh, well what was that Chase. I think we have a new chord with him and Walls and Sharon and our catcher. Oh, that's that. I mean, yeah, the yeah. young core is definitely there. Yeah. Set. Not, I mean, not to mention Fidel and Josh Lowe. Though, I mean, those guys, I know it, it might be a little bit early, but at some point they're going to be knocking on the door right now too and you're gonna have to find a spot for those guys yeah yeah of course low bruhan and then you also got the the pitchers obviously coming up shane mcclanahan you got the flemings you got patinos and joe ryan so yeah definitely um jj goss nobody ever talks about jj goss but he's also there um but anyway as i was saying you talk about pressure there's some there's something uh, you know that you can see from from certain players that swag that that kind of way that they carry themselves on the field tell me that you don't see the difference on how they carry themselves on the field between uh wander franco and kevin padlow they're both yeah. rookies kevin padlow is older actually so you see them on a major league field and who do you think actually looks like a major leaguer 
It's Wander. It's not Kevin. I'm yeah. sorry. And, and there's just something about it, the, the confidence within you, the, the, the confidence that you've shown throughout your major league career, uh, your minor yeah. league career. And then when you go to the major leagues, that also helps you. So hopefully, like Melissa said, he doesn't go through long streaks of, uh, of negativeness uh, in, in, in the major leagues. But, I mean, this kid is just – he has it. He has that it thing, and not a lot of guys have that. Yeah, I agree with you. The it factor is there. And this isn't like some public pressure of, oh, he's, you know, everybody's talking about Wander, so the Rays have to call him up. No, they do not fall into peer pressure whatsoever. They do not listen to outside noise. This isn't the case of the Seattle Mariners where there was all this talk about um, salary manipulation with Jared Kelenic and everything. And it turns out, like, yeah, was, is, was he really even ready in the first place? Like, no, I think that the, the way that. You, you you hit it on the the head, Ulysses. The way he carries himself and and the energy and enthusiasm, the confidence that he brings, like at 20 years old, no less. It is definitely a special special quality. There's a reason that his nickname is what El Patron. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I mean, you, you read stories about him. He's a he's definitely a leader, not a follower. I mean, it's wherever he was at any level of the minor leagues, there was a a collective of other minor leaguers who were following him around and and kind of. I don't want to say worshiping him, but he was, I mean, he was the bell of the ball, if you will, with that. So that, that's another good point to, uh, to take into account with that there. Uh, finally, guys, um, I know we're running on the 30-minute mark here, but can we take a moment? I know it's not necessarily uh, Rays-related, but just appreciate uh, Shohei Otani. And I know it was against uh, the Rays what he did, but oh my goodness this guy he's in one game he's hitting 450 foot bombs and he's laying down drag bunts and hustling to first like this is insane what is happening uh yeah this guy is the babe ruth of our baseball generation right now he he is so ridiculous like i remember like last night's game i i was he just comes up and or was no not last night the the other night the first game where he just walks up there and just like they're talking about him, talking about him, and he blasts that home run. Was it last night? Or I'm, I'm like, so what do you call it with the lightning game? So <laughs> he's hitting home runs pretty much every night. He's yeah, about 24, 25 right now. He hit it, one last night though. Yes, against but, the Brett. Yeah, but it, it's just insane, like how athletically talented he is. And the only thing I'm worried about, and I think you guys have kind of mentioned this before, and I've heard other. Um, people talk about it it's just he's in anaheim (laughs) he's stuck with the angels and i just don't know even with trout if they can just put enough pieces around him it seemed you know like i think those first couple years with otani he was you know just finding his way getting his groove he was you know overcoming injuries and all that but now like it's like he's really starting to kind of get into his own and it would it would just be really cool to see them in the playoffs and really playing games that that matter, you know, late in the season, and giving them a chance to get to the World Series again, and especially to see Trout get, you know, into the playoffs and into the into World Series would be kind of neat. Just not at the Rays' expense, like after the Rays, <laughs> you know, two or three in a row, then there you go, Trout go in there. He he legitimately could hit fifty home runs this season and have a sub three ERA. And he, and he runs too, like the way yeah. he, like his size at six four, two hundred and 
220 or whatever. Like he runs like he's Kevin Kiermaier, which by the way, if Shohei Otani is willing to lay down a drag bun, thank you. Fire, you can learn how to do it too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, yeah. um, I didn't say this and, and I'll probably say this on the pod whenever, um, you know, I, I get the chance because I, it, it was vindication uh, to the best. I don't know if I told you this, Kevin, but uh, Neander on that Zoom uh, uh, call that he had uh, a couple of days ago, they asked him, they said, uh, is there a place uh, for bunting in 2021? And he said, there most certainly is, especially in the last week and a half when we've lost in the extra innings and you can't move a guy from second to third with no out or with one out. I mean, that, that there certainly is a place for bunting. I want to frame that audio recording and then just like put it on the PA system at the trop whenever Cash has the opportunity to do so and doesn't. Or, you know, when Brett Phillips, he tries, my goodness. Right. Brett Phillips is kind of infuriating because he doesn't have a strong bat. He has the wheels and he actually has the will to put uh, to sacrifice himself or to drag himself onto the, a base, unlike a lot of other players. But he just is not a good bunter. He yeah. pops him up all the time. Have you guys no- noticed this? Every time he yeah. tries, he will pop one up. It's like, bro, you, I love the, I love, I love it. I love it. You got to lay him down though. Like, I know it's very difficult, but you've got to learn how to do that if you're going to do it, uh, you know, d- during the game. Right. Yeah. And that's one of those things too, where I'm not saying that you have to teach everybody to be the best bunter in the world, but you should at least identify a couple of guys who have a skill set of, okay, they're lefty bats and they run really well. uh, And they can create a little bit of havoc on the base pass. And at, at the very least moving the runner over Brett Phillips would be a guy. Kevin Kiermaier would be a guy and or a guy that struggles in the platoon. Brandon Lau, maybe against lefties, mm-hmm. be a guy as well. Like Austin Meadows, uh, what's the point in teaching him how to bunt? Let no, him. of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there's a couple of guys that if you could instruct them how to do it properly and, and pull it out of the hat every now and again, especially if uh, you're trying to win a one-run game or get an insurance run or at least get something moving uh, or, or at least – force the the defense to be honest or shift back to normal a little bit that's the opportunity to do it so yes i would look i take uh take neander's audio and airdrop that to kevin kiermeyer twitter <laughs> dm him all that and you know and you know what it doesn't have to be the the speed demon of course obviously the bunting i think would work would work best when, when when you have got the wheels but the best bunter in all of tampa bay race history is ben zobrist Ben Zobris would never be in your top five list of anybody who's worn a raised uniform to be the fastest guy ever. Right. But he's the best bunter. He knew how to handle the bat because he put some effort into it and he put some time into it. You don't have to have blazing speed to become the best bunter. And that is my spiel and rants for today. Thank no, you. It's, it's good. It's, it's one of those things where if, if everybody, if there's this ethos out there in baseball or another sport where it says, we don't do this, we don't do this, this is not part of the game anymore – then you can flip it on its head and say, we're going to be the outlier. We're going to be the team that does it and puts everybody on guard. And that's the way to kind of maybe gain a little bit of an extra advantage with that. By the way, uh, Shohei Otani, um, man, he is – the Angels overpay for just about every other player. Except uh, for him. <laughs> but Otani is making $3 million this year. Oh, my goodness. $5.5 million in 2022. Is that uh, is that oh Yarbrough money? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. 
So wow. to, to put this in perspective, um, Kiermaier is making like three and a half times what Otani is making. Oh, yeah. Just no, putting that out there. I'll, 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 I'll make it a better one. I'll make it a better one. This year and next year, if I got the math correctly, how much was next year you said he's owed? Five and a half. Five and a half. So not even next year he'll be making as much as Chris Archer did this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, by the way, would you guys would have... trade Wander Franco for Shohei Otani? Straight up. No. Ooh, I, was, I was just about to say, first of all, would the Angels ever trade Otani? Right. And, the, and that was my second question. Franco, straight up for Otani. Ooh. Well, here, here's, I, let me put it into a framework here. So Otani, I guess, is on a two-year deal, like I mentioned. So theoretically – the Rays would have him for the rest of this season and next year, and that would be it. While Wander, you theoretically have for several more years after that, although the collective bargaining agreement may change the complexion of everything. But And uh, Otani's, what, 26, 27 years old. So straight up, Ulysses ain't doing it, I guess. No, I think, you know, it's very, he's a very exciting player and, and, and it would be great to have him. But the, the years of control and, and, and the financials in place, that's number one. And number two, man, uh, when you're a baseball player, you're going to get hurt. But when you do both pitching and hitting, there's that's, you're already increasing your chances of getting hurt by 100%. And, and, and now you can get hurt as a pitcher and as a hitter. I mean, there is no in between. So I think the the injury concerns for for me would be way too much, way too high. Carlos, Melissa, you might want that World Series. What are you doing? This uh, is your window. God. Uh, in in the short term, I I well, I would want to see if we could get a commitment from him. Like even if it was just two more years or whatever. Like you know, like a say, Trevor Bauer deal. Yeah, like a Trevor Bauer deal, something to that effect. If it was something where I think they could lock in two more, at least two more years from him, then it's a short term thing. And then if, I mean, obviously you would hope that they would, you know, be able to pull one or two World Series out of that. I think I, I, I probably would pull the trigger. Only because that, like, instant gratification of the World Series. Like, I wanted it so bad last year. And, like, you know, I have Southern California family, Dodger fans in my family and all that. And I still was rooting for the Rays. It's like, you guys already have six. Just let the Rays get one. So I, I think, you know, for selfish reasons, I probably would do that if I thought, you know, that's going to give them their best chance. And I think he would benefit from the the pitching coaches that the Rays have because, you know, even though he, this guy's already doing great, it, you know, they resurrect dead arms, for Christ's sake, and turn them into, 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 you know, serviceable to really good pitchers. And I think, I mean, he's already a really good pitcher, but I think he would benefit from the coaching that the Rays could offer him on that end. And then maybe at one point it would be like, okay, dude, we either want you to be a – you know, you're going to bat or you're going to pitch, but you're going to have to pick one because, like Ulysses said, at one point the injuries are going to be a factor, and, and you're you're just doubling up your chances at that point. So, Melissa, what you doing? I have waited this long, so I say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a patient person. So I just think, like, I mean, I get the instant gratification. That's totally Carlos Herrera. But, um, but like, they wouldn't, after the, you know, next year, like, they wouldn't 
they wouldn't keep him. They wouldn't be able to keep him because that, that if he keeps going as he is, like he would cost too much. Like, yeah. and they weren't, they would. So it's like, you would, then where are you? Whereas if you keep wandering, you have all of these people in the farm system that are coming up and they're all, you know, like that's already a cohesive, like group of people. Um, you know, that could set you up for like long-term, like multiple, you know, cha- maybe multiple championships or something, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to keep Otani. So I say, don't tease me with that. <laughs> I know. Hey, if there's a guy that's deserving of getting a standing ovation before his first at bat in a raised uniform, it would probably be Shoei. I agree. Where I would. That's I would stand up and clap, and he could take a curtain call too. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's crazy that he's bat. He bats lefty, but throws righty. Like he is. He was. He was. He was a creative player. That's what he is. He's a creative yeah. player. Yeah. So uh, that's the way to put it. Well, um, Carlos, Melissa, Ulysses, uh, great job. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, also shout out to Joseph Owen and uh, Chase as well. Uh, some good uh, Rays baseball discussion. And, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully the, the Rays get their third win in a row. And uh, I guess the Lightning played Monday, I think, right? In Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday. And then I'm coming from you, Kevin, on Fantasy. I'm closing the gap. <laughs> we'll see. Well, a lot of time left. Look, yeah, the Red Sox get hot for a couple games and then fall off the map. So we'll see. We'll I see. Know. We'll have to mention that on the show uh, this week, too. Uh, it's been a while since we did a fantasy update. So Yeah, Ulysses is moving up. I, I know. Well, that's what – Carlos, that's a very good astute of you because that's why we haven't had him because Mr. Kevin Weiss was proclaiming yeah. victory after three weeks. <laughs> And, I know. Uh, well, guess what? I just had to warm up my muscles, and my people had to get healthy, baby. Well, yeah, and uh, I'm no comments on our on our trade, Ulysses, that went through. Yeah, it was so, a pretty good trade, I think. Yeah, they're they're even. Although uh, Herrera's gone a little, he needs to live up to my namesake and get hot again. <laughs> exactly. I thought you would like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna actually. The funny thing was, is I was gonna propose a trade to you for him. I just couldn't figure out who I wanted to. To send her who you would accept, so that was pretty good that you you met me before I got. Oh, that's you. awesome! I didn't so, know that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Ulysses, I'll be sending you a trade offer for Wander Franco after we get off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody has tried to take Cronenworth, Tatis, and Wander already. I'm Jeez. like, okay, like no, like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna do I it. There's a, there's a few like untradeables that we have on our teams. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh hey, my god. I traded Mike Trout. So if I can trade Mike Trout, then you listen. Hey, to that's your that front is office true. is going to get in trouble, man, with your fans. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't know. That might be a problem. All right, guys. Thank you guys again, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right. All right, guys. All right, take have care, a everybody. Weekend. Thank Bye. you for the you pod too. as always. Of course, man. Thank you for joining and listening. All righty. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.